Heyo, you're listening to Edge Coach Quip, featuring our very own edge coaches and community, dropping knowledge nuggets to fuel your day. Episode 113. Welcome back to Coach Quip. I'm Coach Robin. I'm Coach Chris. And this week we're talking about... Sleep. Sleep. <laughs> Wake up. Asleep? I did. I wish I did. I wish I could fall asleep that well. Uh, number one recovery tool. Yeah, and I think it's also funny, you know, I've been saying this, I think, on episodes for the last 30 episodes that we are going to do an episode on sleep because it is our number one recovery tool. We often touch on it in recovery episodes, in performance episodes, in mental training episodes. Like, it just, it crosses into everything. And also, it's kind of funny because I think we are two of the worst sleepers that I know of. <laughs> pretty, so, per, pretty terrible. <laughs> so we are we are coming to this episode with personal experience of not sleeping very well and also understanding how much better we feel when we do sleep well. So um, yeah, we, we know that sleep is one of the most important factors in maintaining overall good health, not just our number one recovery tool. And, you know, it's because that's the time where your body is able to fully recover. Your mind is, is able to reset and relax and not be torn in a million different directions. And that's really what leads you to being able to wake up feeling refreshed and, and to tackle your life, your, your job, and, of course, your training. Yeah, the Sleep Foundation, I know that like we can go down a rabbit hole with all of their research, but they estimate that anywhere between 10 and 30% of adults struggle with chronic insomnia or sleep disturbances in the U.S. So we also know that these numbers get worse right now with the changing of the seasons. I mean, I think mm-hmm. by the time that this comes out, we're about a week ahead of our time change, which does help, but we're also still going into the least amount of daylight available in the year, which is tough right now. So all the more reason to kind of come back to why we need to sleep better and how. Yeah. And and less daylight, more darkness. In in my mind, I go, oh, so I'd want to sleep more, right? But because I'm not getting that daylight, I find it much harder to get that rest as well. Um, I think everything is just sort of thrown off. And, you know, a lot of us have poor sleep hygiene, which which plays into that, uh, and bad sleep habits as well. So a lot of people have daily bad habits like our screen time and uh, mostly screen time I would say screen time eating late things like that Uh, but also we know as athletes we also have different athletic issues that play into poor sleep so working out and training too late at night might be an issue or eating too late at night or worrying about a race so we often find that our athletes have poor or disturbed sleep when we are in the lead up to a race and particularly that night before a race so we are talking about good sleep habits that will hopefully help all of us us included we're listening to ourselves (laughs) improve our sleep habits so before we get to the bonus miles, let's have a little fireside chat about our terrible sleep. What what are what are your sleep issues, Coach Chris? Well, my my specific sleep issues since I was a kid is that I will wake up somewhere between three and four o'clock, usually around three twenty to three thirty-five. So much to the point that I actually like stayed up and scoured my house for a beeping alarm for a watch that that beeped, uh, for some sort of noise in my house because it was so consistently at that time, no matter what time I go to sleep. And and no matter what time zone I'm on as well, which is really wild because I travel so much. Um, The other thing is that, you know, well with that, it's difficult to sometimes get back to sleep then. 
sometimes that is an issue of drinking too many liquids before bed. Yep. So if I'm behind on my hydration and I, you know, it's six or seven o'clock at night and I go, oh, I did not drink nearly enough water today and I start drinking, then of course I'm going to get up in the middle of the night and then it's hard to get back to sleep. And then the other thing is just travel. You know, with traveling so much, there have been years in the last five years where I've traveled a third of the year on the road. And it's a lot. It is a lot and different time zones and the flights and my sleep schedule is out of control. When I travel, I cannot turn off and I notoriously stay up way too late regardless of the time zone I'm in. Oof. Yeah. I All right. Have, what about you though? I have completely different issues. <laughs> I love it. Completely different issues. Um, mine is definitely sleep onset. So mm. I will know that I'm tired and that it's time to go to bed. But instead of actually falling asleep, I will lay there, which is why I read a lot. Um, but I've changed a lot about what I read. You know, nothing too interesting. Make sure it's boring enough where you're going to nod off. Um, and then my other issue is getting up, at, you know, kind of having those wakings of anywhere from 10 to 40 times a night, you know, waking up rolling over sometimes staying awake when that happens so I have a lot of interrupted sleep as well yeah and all of that uh, interrupted sleep can be as damaging as not sleeping at all you know you are in bed you wake up and don't feel rested no. and don't don't feel like you've got that good night of sleep to start your day and then the cycle continues yeah. right so a lot of us are in those bad spots maybe some of that resonates with you maybe not maybe you have your own unique sleep issues but in the bonus miles we are going to go through 10 tips for better sleep that we will be implementing, that you can hopefully find some nuggets in there to help you with your sleep as well. So stick around. Stay awake. <laughs> All right, 10 tips for better sleep. I feel like we should have these up. I'm gonna put these on a post-it in my, in my bathroom. And then that way I will, I will <laughs> stay the course. First is sticking to a sleep schedule. So. On average, um, between the ages of 18 to 64, so truly like adults, um, we're looking at seven to nine hours of sleep that's needed. Some people, you know, that's a pretty big range. You know what's right for you, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then after you get to be 65 or so, it goes down seven to eight hours, right? We're expending less overall energy, so we don't need as much sleep. The big thing here is trying to go to bed and wake up at the same time every day. This is the number one thing that you can do. I really enjoy Huberman Lab. I mean, like literally take some notes while you're listening to him. His sleep one is the very first one I listened to. I think I listened to twice back on back, back to back. His number one thing is getting a sleep schedule, going to bed and waking up at the same time every day. Consistency reinforces that sleep-wake cycle, which can really help your body prepare to get more consistent, restful sleep. It is not, it is easy to do and it's hard to practice. Mm -hmm. And I think people get really worried about this because we feel very entitled to sleeping in if we have a normal, you know, Monday through Friday schedule on the weekends. Mm -hmm. But it really does start to mess with you at a certain point. I love the quote that there is freedom and discipline. And this is one of those best examples of that. I am one of those unfortunate cases that my body doesn't really let me sleep in. So it makes me wake up. But the way that I take this is with a one-hour rule, mm -hmm. right? And it's the fact that, like, if I normally go to bed at 10 and I normally get up at 5, on the weekend, I'm going to shift that a max of one hour in, in one direction. So I don't want to be the person that always has to be in bed at 10. If, you know, if we have a late night, later night, I don't necessarily need to, and I'm not tired yet, I want to hang out and be social because that's my time. 
I push it back and allow myself to, you know, stay out a little later, be in bed by 11, and then maybe get up at 6. So that you're never erring and getting up at 8 if you normally get up at 5, right? Right. Um, And that one hour allows me as well as I get back into a kind of a more normative Monday or whatever that shift back is, is when you get back onto that normal flow, it's not as harsh because you're only going one hour in either direction. Oh, that's so smart. What was the resource that you just said? Was it a Huberman book? Lab, H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N. Is a booker? Um, he's a podcaster. Okay. Super nerdy. Again, you're going to need, they're like two hours long, just deep dive um, all the way. And actually, Adam Watucky, one of the op um, movement teams, he now probably a year and a half ago recommended him to me exactly for that, for the sleep podcast that he did. Mm-hmm. And then I just went all in and he has all types of things beyond sleep as well. That's great. And I love the one hour rule. And I think that's really tough for me to envision now as I start to teach Friday morning classes. So I will be getting up at about 445 to make that class. And I don't want to get up at 445 every day of the week. Right, and right. so, you know, finding that balance of how we shift and maintain. And I also think that there's something about, at least when I was younger, and I'm not sure that this is the case now, because one, I'm older and two, we're at a different time. But there was something that was considered pretty badass about um, about being able to operate on four hours of sleep right. or five hours of sleep, right. right? And when we have that grind and hustle mentality, you know, people play into that. And it's, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm fine on five hours of sleep. You're fine on five hours of sleep until you're not, <laughs> until yeah. your body You'll, says you no. You will pay in another way. Yeah. yeah. You, so so I that's something that I wish that I would have known earlier. Me too. Because I spent a lot of years thinking that I could get by, and it was sort of like like stretching and foam rolling. I spent a lot of years going, I don't need to, I don't need to, until the time hit where it was like, you should have been doing this. Yeah, this a long time, time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is not, it is not cool to only sleep four to five hours a night. Yeah, that does not work. Something will give. Yeah. All right, so our second tip is to prepare your bedroom. So you want to make your bedroom a sleep cave, essentially. So make it as dark as possible because your body produces the most melatonin in the dark, and that's what's going to help you recover overnight. Uh, We want to make sure that your room is quiet and that it's cold. Oh, I love sleeping in a cold room. It is the best. Uh, Somewhere between 65 to 80 to 68 degrees is seen as the best but of course that's personal Um, so you want to make sure that you have comfortable bedding that you have comfortable pillows that everything is uh, set up in your dark cave to produce uh, just a really cozy comfy environment where you want to rest and that is the only thing you're doing in there right it's like sleep type of activities you're not bringing your work into your bed you're not watching tv yeah it is a sleep cave yes (laughs) (laughs) number three Get off your screens. We we know this now, right? That screens, all screens, TV included, right? Mm-hmm. TV, computer, iPad, cell phone, they all emit a strong blue light, which really floods your brain and tricks it into thinking that it is daylight, right? Which is great if they want you to stay awake and watch TV, right? This is working. But... Unfortunately, it also suppresses melatonin, which is what is going to allow you to start to fall asleep, and it tells your brain to stay awake, which is not what we want to do at 9 p.m. on a Thursday night when we have to get up early on Friday. Um, Easy things that you can do is to just 
turn off your phone, stop looking at screens, read a physical book or a magazine, mm -hmm. um, unwind, take a bath, right? All of these things that don't involve a screen. Or if you are going to be looking at a screen, wear blue light glasses or use that. Um, I know that I read my phone in bed every single night because it's convenient, right? Um, but I always have the night setting on. Right, and I always have the black background mm -hmm. with the white letters that are really more like yellow because there's no blue light, and that helps. Yeah, and we've made our bedroom a phone-free zone oh. with the exception of an alarm, which can be off to the side, um, for that reason of actually having to set boundaries to keep the screens off and out because it's just too easy to take you know, the work from the living room into yes. the bedroom until you're going to sleep. All right, next up uh, is more about that cave and comfort. So the, what you are actually sleeping on, you have to think we're spending, uh, what is it, like a third of our life asleep? Yeah. <laughs> if lot. you're doing it right, uh, a lot of your life. So about a third of your day is going to be resting and in bed if you're getting that eight hours. So getting comfortable bedding, comfortable mattress, comfortable uh, pillows and blankets, like I said before, in that cave is gonna be really important. And there's not one firmness or style of mattress that's better than any others. This is deeply personal for your own level of comfort. How you sleep, if you're a back sleeper, a side sleeper, a stomach sleeper, all of those, there's specialized stuff for you. But finding what works is going to be essential because um, you, because that's how you are going to get to sleep. Like I had to get a new mattress recently and it's stressful. It's, it's stressful. It's expensive. And so I put it off. But when I got the new mattress, my sleep improved drastically. I did not realize how much of my poor sleep was related to having an old mattress. Yeah. No, you know, I absolutely. Thought, I thought it was, you know, injuries from running or that I was sore or whatever, but it was really that I was just very uncomfortable on the mattress that I had. And I figured it out because when I'd stay in hotels, had better sleep. I had better sleep. And, and that was the reason why. Uh, pro tip here, we, mattresses are expensive. So look for those sales around Fourth uh, of July is a is a mattress sale. I don't know why, but always mattress sales on Fourth of July, Labor Day, and Black Friday sales. So coming up, you could get a good deal if you are in need. It's recommended that you flip those mattresses between every five and eight years. So as in replace, are, yeah, as as in replace, yeah. Yeah, you should be rotating them. You should be flipping them as well, but um, as in replace. And so chances are you're probably due. I'm going to chime in here with what I call accessory pillows or accessory support. <laughs> and Brian often gets, and by often, I mean like every other night, is like, you have so much stuff in this bed. <laughs> but I'm a strong side sleeper, and I also have troubles falling asleep. And I usually have other things in the bed, bugs. Yeah, they sleep in the bed. That's not also that healthy. It's very cute, but it's probably part of why I wake up. Um, but really big things that I've noticed uh, is having a knee pillow. And if you're a side sleeper and you're a runner, honestly, it can make such a big difference because it allows your knees to stay suspended on your side versus having them touch and having that top hip usually roll in um, and really fatigue your low back and, and really kind of stretch that hip out a little too much. So these things are great. They're online. They can be gel, you know, with like a little um, concave part in the middle to just make it super comfy. Um, and the other thing I do is they're called posture pillows, but I just use one of our regular bolster pillows. And again, if I'm on the side, if I'm on my side, I put it kind of on my chest so that my core isn't having to hold me up as much mm. and I can just kind of lean on it. Um, and it really helps alleviate. It helps me get into a deeper sleep faster. And I can, I look forward to honestly being able to kind of just cuddle in and not have to use as much of my body to keep me, uh, keep me on my side. I think side sleeping 
is definitely the most prevalent type of sleep pattern, but it's also the most problematic, especially if we're adding a high training mode on top. Yeah, this is a good point because for folks who are sleeping in a bed with someone else or with dogs um, or with animals, yeah, um, you know, I think in our minds that's cute, right? Like snuggling to sleep and, and sleeping next to somebody. But the truth is we sleep better when we are not touching a, a person or an animal. And so um, I'm a solid three pillow sleeper and I get the same feedback that it's like, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a barrier in between us, but I'm snugging on the pillow because, yeah. you know, when someone else, a lot of sleep disturbances and I feel bad for my wife because a lot of times when I'm flipping yeah. and flopping, yeah, you're it's waking them up. their sleep. So, yeah. um, yeah, you, you want your own private space for sleeping. So, you know, I'm going to say that the dogs is not, that's not actually a pro tip that you should follow. Cute. Don't, yes, but don't follow it. <laughs> Unless you're talking about Duke, who's the best snuggly sleeper. He's basically an extra pillow. But the other two, woof. <laughs> All right, number five, avoiding large meals, caffeine, and alcohol. All the things I like. <laughs> no joy. <laughs> no joys. Well, it's really just timing out your joy, yes. right? Yes. So digestion can absolutely disrupt sleep. I know, I mean, when we have a huge meal, I'm like, oh, my God, there's no way I'm going to have a good night of sleep. And it does. It wakes you up, right? So... If you can time it out and having a bigger meal in the middle of the day and then having something smaller at night, um, I think can really can really help. Mm-hmm. Caffeine. We love it, right? It enhances focus. It enhances energy. It can enhance sports performance. There are a lot of benefits. Um, but really, if you stimulate your nervous system too late in the day, it can actually stop your body from being able to relax at night. And that um, really caffeine before six hours, you know, six hours before you try to go to bed can really kind of trash your sleep quality. So... Caffeine can stay in your blood for six to eight hours, depending on how fast you're metabolizing it. So really capping it off at like 3 p.m. is always going to be your best bet, especially if you're sensitive to caffeine or if you have trouble sleeping. You see all my faces here. I'm drinking a cup of coffee right now. It is morning when we're filming this, but um, it's so easy to get into that caffeine cycle right? yes. because you have poor sleep and then you feel like you need coffee to make it through the day. And then you hit that afternoon slump, hit another cup of coffee, and then the sleep gets disturbed that night. So the wheel just keeps spinning. It's such a trap, but coffee is so delicious that we just have to time out our joy. Is it 3 p.m. yet? No. Okay, I'm, so I'm you're good. okay. <laughs> Next up, alcohol. So we know this, everyone knows this, alcohol is a toxin, like no matter how we slice it and dice it, I like it as much as everyone else, but it is a toxin and it will alter how you sleep, right? So it can actually exacerbate issues like apnea and snoring and disrupted sleep patterns. Um, We know that it also alters our melatonin production. So same thing that the blue light's doing, alcohol's doing too, And, and your body needs correct melatonin production in order to have a great circadian rhythm when your body knows to wake up and go to bed and stay asleep. Um, Studies have also found that alcohol consumption at night decreased the natural nighttime elevations of of human growth hormone or HGH, which actually plays a rhythm or a role in not only your circadian rhythm, but also things that are impacted by that, like key functions, including your recovery and athletic performance. So, yeah, when we say maybe we should turn back on alcohol during that last phase of taper, there's also really good reason why, because we are trying to maximize your performance gains and and your recovery. And this is a confusing one for people, although we all know it, like we can trick ourselves into believing that alcohol helps us get to sleep faster, um, which might be true. It might get you into sleep faster, but it is much more disrupted and not deep sleep, which is not restful sleep. So... 
um, yeah, don't do it. Uh, this is another great Huberman podcast as well on um, what alcohol actually does to your body. I learned a ton. All right. We're giving lots of lots, lots of, of shout outs. For we this. love you, Dr. Huberman, <laughs> fangirl. Um, and you've alluded to this one as well, but just avoiding a ton of fluids before bed. If, if, if you know that you're going to have to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, nobody likes to lay there and have to pee. That is not right. fun, especially if there's a pug on your bladder. It's like, no. <laughs> um, so I always say if you're going for like 100 ounces, let's say a day, trying to get three quarters of that done by like 3 p.m. so that we are, you know, kind of tailoring down mm-hmm. that amount of intake as we get longer and longer into the day is really going to help you not pee in the middle of the night. And as much as I love tea, I swear when I do tea at night, I'm up like three times. Really? It makes me bananas because I know it's the perfect nighttime ritual, but I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. Well, again, this is everything is so highly individual, right? Like that is a, a great one that's recommended probably coming up in one of these tips here and it's not for everyone. All right. Tip number six is to increase your exposure to sunlight during the day. Getting out on trails is a great way to oh, do this. Oh, look at that. <laughs> uh, check out our last episode on that. But natural sunlight or even some bright lights so that we have the LED lights, the, the what do they call them, sad lights mm-hmm. or... Um, the bright lights inside to replicate daylight can also help, but sunlight is king. If you can make your way out into during the day, it helps your circadian rhythm stay healthy. So within an hour of waking up is the best uh, exposure to this. Is this also from the podcast? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and and honestly, it's it's being out and like. I got up in the dark and it was dark for a while, but as soon as it got light, you know, taking the dogs out without having sunglasses on, facing the sun, taking that in as long as you can do so safely. Mm -hmm. Um, That is like either waking up and going out right away or waking up and, and trying to get it at first light is going to be that best reset. Especially right now with a little bit of brisk air, it's like cold Ooh, therapy, I'm awake. It's sun therapy. Yeah, that is a great natural wake up. Uh, in a study on people with insomnia, daytime bright light exposure improved sleep quality and duration, and it reduced the time that it took to fall asleep by 83%. This is, is why I need this. Yeah, <laughs> this is why you should be coaching mornings every day, yeah. <laughs> getting outside. And in a similar study on older adults, it found that two hours of bright light exposure during the day increased the amount of sleep that they got by two hours and their sleep efficiency by 80%. So those numbers do not lie. That is a huge, huge gain just from exposing yourself to sunlight during the day, which is so important because a lot of times now, especially in the fall and winter, we are going from bed to work sometimes in the darkness, Mm -hmm. right? You're spending your entire work day in potentially in an office or working from home in the the time that it's light. And then when you're leaving work, if you work a nine to five, it's already dark, right? So you have to be intentional about that time and getting that exposure, taking a, a walk at your lunch break, a walking meeting, or just cozying up to the window and getting some rays on your face. I really love the efficiency part of this too because if you get outside if you take that lunch hour outside and you increase your sleep efficiency even if you don't have any more available time during the day your efficiency is going to improve which means your quality is going to count for more right you are going to actually be okay on seven hours of sleep instead of terrible on seven hours of sleep because your overall quality is better Mm -hmm. all right 
Lucky number seven, stretch, breathe, relax. Use your relaxation techniques end of day like stretching and breathing exercises or legs up the wall to start to unwind with that physical, mental, or emotional tension that we know happens every single day. We know that deep belly breaths, even as few as three, can lower that heart rate and really start to reset that parasympathetic system. The idea is to wind down and thinking about it like a cool down from your day can be really helpful. I know that one thing that started off as really kind of functional fitness and has started to really impact how Brian sleeps is he will every night he has very tight hips welcome to the club (laughs) but he got into a really great rhythm where he would brush his teeth get ready for bed and then he does a minute of of, um, pigeon pose on our bed every night on each leg and so now not only is he getting much lower in pigeon pose right after many years of doing this Mm -hmm. he does it with uh, belly breathing on top and it's very cute because the pugs, like, get involved and blah, blah, blah. But um, what he notices is that his sleep onset is actually even better. And his hips are better than ever, too. So find that routine. Yeah, which is number eight. Tip number eight is to make the routine. So if pigeon pose becomes part of the routine, that's amazing. Uh, but any sort of wind-down routine that fits your life and your schedule, that's what we want to have. So we all have nighttime routines when we're kids. You know, there's like, so true. Like there's the the whole teeth brushing production, parents putting you to bed, maybe a story gets read, some sort of routine. Bubblegum yeah. toothpaste flashbacks exactly. right now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that should be part of your routine. Oh, no. no. That ship has sailed. <laughs> well if it was a, Positive memories from your childhood <laughs> that you could pull in or just creating your adult nighttime routine. Um, we know that those things work. Uh, it's sort of like priming. So we did an episode on priming for your athletic performance, like a proper warm-up and dynamic warm-up. Think of this as your warm-up for sleep, right? You are trying to signal to your body that you are transitioning into that rest and recovery phase. And having that routine and that consistency of routine can really help your body do that. And that's a great tip also when you're traveling, right? If you maintain that, that bedtime routine, the teeth brushing, the, the face hygiene and whatnot, and then the pigeon pose on the bed, right? That, if that's your routine, you could do, do that, that anywhere. anywhere and maintain that sleep consistency. Um, so even a lot of people do a cup of tea, a warm shower. You know, It doesn't matter what it is. Just make sure that it works for you and it's something that you can replicate every single night. I am a huge believer in the right before bed shower. I mean, even if I've showered twice already in the day because I'm sweaty and coaching, I will take, I mean, it's not like I'm taking more than five minutes in the shower, Mm -hmm. but it really starts to cool your core temperature down when you step out. And there's just something that it helps the dominoes start to fall. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that if I skip it, if I'm like, ah, I'm just going to wash my face and be done with it, um, I will definitely take, like the five minutes that it took me to shower, I'm way making it longer to fall asleep. So again, that efficiency gets gets really uh, skewed when I don't incorporate it. It's a mental hack too. It doesn't have to, you know, like I'm sure there are physical things, but also if you you interrupt your routine, your brain goes, we're not ready for sleep. Yep. Number nine, make notes, write it down. A racing mind, oh my goodness. Rumination in the bed is real. It is, it's insane. Like, cause some of the thoughts that run through on repeat would never happen if you were, you know, sitting up and awake. And that racing mind um, really, really hurts us from falling asleep or staying asleep or falling back asleep. And stress is a stimulus. 
period. It is. And we're all stressed. Welcome welcome to the club. Stress. Club stress. It's a terrible club. Um, and, and when we have higher levels of, stre- uh, higher levels of stress, it's really going to activate that flight or fight um, kind of reaction in our body where our home- hormones are going to start to act against us falling asleep, right? So what can you do? Write it down. Making a list of your to-dos. I like to make my to-do list for the next day, the night before, mm-hmm. so that I'm not panicking, right? And then what's interesting is... I will actually, during today, be thinking about, oh, I need to write that down tonight, and then I will remember, and then I'm not, you know, it's like I'm proactively thinking about what needs to happen. Um, journaling is really great. Coach Katie talks about this a lot, of like getting it out of your head and onto paper. Um, you don't have to show it to anyone, read it to anyone. It just needs to live somewhere, and I do think that physically writing it out is better than typing it out. Um, and you could also take notes on your sleep. I did um, a very long stretch of sleep therapy, which did improve my sleep significantly, Um, right before we opened edge and one of the biggest things that that um, cognitive behavioral psych taught me was to take and i had to log of course for him to see what the heck was even going on Mm -hmm. is to take notes on my sleep um, both before during sometimes especially if i was open for long period awake for long periods of time as well as after so that you can try to track those habits and figure out what is exacerbating or alleviating those sleep issues. A lot of tech does this already. I know like Whoop, a lot of people will you know subscribe to that. The Aura Ring does it as well. Um, but there are, if you are having issues, even simply writing it down can make a big difference. Yeah, and I, I can't emphasize that enough. I found that, and, and I do have Whoop for that reason, specifically got it for sleep and recovery. And you can track different things in your journal. It'll give you an output at the end of the month. And I have better sleep on the days that I take CBD versus not. But I also found that when I use compression boots, I have better sleep. When I use the cold tubs, cold tubs I have better sleep. And, and they actually, you know, you can see because I'm logging when I'm doing it and when I'm not doing it. Of course, there are tons of other factors too, but it's just interesting to see the trends. So highly recommend yeah. the, the writing it down. All right, and finally, final tip here is to get checked. See a medical professional if you have ongoing or persistent sleep issues. You know, sleep is, again, back to the top, our number one recovery tool and so essential for overall health health and wellness and, and body maintenance. So if you have restless legs, a uh, problem with snoring, or a burning sensation in, in your chest or in your stomach or in your throat, you might have something like restless leg syndrome or sleep apnea or GERD, um, the acid reflux. So, you know, there are many common sleep disorders and issues that people have. And if you, if you are experiencing issues with persistent sleep disruption, it might be a medical issue. So if you've tried the tips and it's just still not helping, you might want to go see a doctor and get checked. Um, so this is a great PSA from from my own experience um, with Brian from a few years back. He, I would say, get checked, especially if you have something new ha- changing, right? Mm-hmm. He's always been the best sleeper. I hate him a little bit for it, right? He's always <laughs> asleep before me and sleeps better than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, a few years ago, started having really restless legs to the point where, I mean, it was getting worse and worse and worse to the point where he was jumping in, in bed almost and waking me up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turned out that, you know, upon getting a physical, that he had critically low um, red blood cells from, you know, some internal bleeding that we fixed that we didn't know was going on. He's all good now. But mm-hmm. that clue in yep. was such a significant change over many months. But it was just something he'd never had. And it was one of our biggest reasons why he ended up going in. Get checked. 
All right, to recap, one, stick to a sleep schedule. Even if you are on the weekend trying to go to bed and get up within about an hour of your normal times, if you take one thing from this episode, that's it. Number two, prepare your cave. Keep it dark, keep it cold, and keep it quiet. Number three, get off your screens or put on your blue light glasses, right? Keep the screen time really, really blue light free heading into bed. Number four, get a comfortable pillow, check your mattress and blankets, keep it cozy. Get your knee pillow. (laughs) (laughs) Number five, avoiding large meals, caffeine and alcohol before bedtime. Really, that 3 p.m. rule, especially with caffeine, is huge. Number six, increase your exposure to natural daylight sunlight. If you want to come over to my house early and walk my pugs with me, let me know. (laughs) Number seven, stretch, breathe, and relax. Create that nighttime routine that's really going to allow you to start to relax. Number eight, make that nighttime routine that's really going to make you start to relax. (laughs) Those go together. (laughs) Number nine, make and take notes. So whether that's, you know, what the routine is working, whether that's harsh crazy things going on in your head that you need to get out, write it down. And number 10, if all else fails, if none of these tips help you, get checked. If there's any changes or disturbances in your sleep that are new that are popping up, it's helpful to go see a doctor and clear out any other things aside from being on your screens, drinking caffeine too late, and drinking too much water before bed. (laughs) All right. We want to know what you did and what helped. So tag us. Not in the middle of the night, during the daytime when you're supposed to be using your phones. (laughs) All right. Sweet dreams, everybody. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Coach Quip, original music performed by Mend. Follow us online on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Edge Athlete Lounge. Our podcast lives in the blog section of our website. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And you can check out the show notes for additional ways to contact us. Ready, set, onward we go. Thank you.